Welcome to another episode of the Does It Hold Up podcast. My name is Adam. And I'm Emily. And you know what we do here. We talk about some of your favorite movies of all time and decide if they still hold up to today's standards. This week starts, well, the holiday season. So we're going all Christmas movies, guys. Mm-hmm. And we're starting with something from 2003. And this was a hard movie for me to watch again because I'm notoriously not a fan of this movie. Yeah. It stars Will Ferrell. And it's a comedy. <laughs> and you, I just if am you trying can call it that. And I am trying so hard to not say the name of it. <laughs> no, it's uh it's Elf. We're doing Elf. So if you guys don't know the story of Elf, Will Ferrell plays Buddy the Elf, who is a human who was raised in the North Pole after he claws claws climbs into Santa's sack one Christmas night and is brought back. He's an orphan. Well, he finds out that he's human. And he is told that his biological father is some bigwig CEO guy. He's not really a CEO, but some bigwig guy. Yeah. In New York City. So he takes off to New York City to find him. And then shenanigans happen. Well, he somehow discovers who he is and changes the lives of people around him, even though none of it makes any sense, because I'm not really sure how any of it happens. It all just kind of happens. Yeah, it it's there. Yeah. It exists. So that's it. That's the story of Elf. And he yeah. meets a cute girl along the way. He gets to know his family, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. It It is. It's kind of heartwarming. This whole story of him finding his family and, and discovering who he is gives me real, like, Hercules vibes from 1997. Oh, especially he's... when he goes on his journey from the North Pole to New York. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just him figuring stuff out. And, yeah, it's it's got some good moments in it. Let's just say that. Yeah. All right. So, normally this is where we start talking about the actors and the characters. But we're going to switch things up a little bit and we're going to do our critical reception to this movie first Mm -hmm. so up first we have roger ebert's review roger ebert gave this movie three stars yeah shocking but that's okay uh i think you actually have the quote for us this week i do i do so go ahead and give it to me so he said if i were to tell you elf stars will ferrell as a human named buddy who thinks he is an elf and ed asner as santa claus would you feel an urgent desire to see this film no Neither did I. I thought it would be clunky, stupid, and obvious like the Santa Claus 2 or how the Grinch stole Christmas. Shut your mouth. <laughs> it would have grotesque special effects and lumber about in the wreckage of holiday cheer, foisting upon us a chaste romance involving the only girl in America who doesn't know that a man who thinks he is an elf is, by definition, a pervert. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought it would be. It took me about 10 seconds of seeing Will Ferrell in an elf costume to realize how very wrong I was. Ebert, you're disappointing me right now. I mean, no, you were completely right the first time. First of all, that (laughs) was a very long quote. Yeah. um, But it was very well said, as his stuff always is. And he was right until the very last sentence you read. Oh, yeah. It was very wrong. It's all very wrong in a comedic sort of way. Okay, so the Rotten Critic... Rotten Critic, Rotten Tomato critical score right now sits at an 85%, which 
which I feel like is sort of low for the way I hear people talk about this movie, how it's like one of the best Christmas movies ever, and it's like in their playlist every single year. 85 yeah. seems kind of low. Yeah, and well, but then maybe it gets worse. people can kind of see it. But then it gets worse. What? Audience score? Yeah. Only a 79. Yeah. Because people actually realize it's not a great movie. Is this one of those ones that you just put into your rotation for Christmas because reasons? Yeah, like, you don't actually know the reasons. Like, maybe you watch the movie one time and everybody talks so highly of it, you just kind of continually watch it, whether you like it or not. Yeah, I think this is one of those where it hit the zeitgeist at the right moment, and now people have nostalgia for it, even though they know it's a terrible film. Yeah, that's, I don't know. So It's just weird to me. Like, I thought yeah. these scores were going to be, like, 90s, 95s, 98s. You I know, did not. <laughs> something. I didn't know what to expect, just the way people talk about it. Cinema score, though, for this is an A-. minus. If you guys don't know what Cinema Score is, it's select theaters give out a, a questionnaire at the end of the movie's opening night. And they say, hey, rate this movie. Tell us what you wanted, what you got, and if you liked it. So this score is based entirely around expectations and if they were met. So like an A- minus makes sense to me. You expected a stupid-ass comedy, and you got a stupid-ass comedy. Yeah. Like, that's it. Little bit of heart, and there you go. I was going to say, it's a Will Ferrell movie. Yeah, so it's it makes perfect sense to me. Very stereotypical. Yeah, it makes perfect sense to me that that is the score that it got. Yeah. All right, this movie's budget. You want to take a guess? 92. Ooh, way too high. This yeah. is low budget. I don't know. This is low budget. This is about $32 million to make this movie. Pretty good for, you know, pretty low, I guess, for now standards, but pretty mid-level for 2003. Yeah. 32 million. Uh, domestically, it brought in $175,531,840. People loved this film. I did not see this movie in theaters. I couldn't even tell you if I did. I don't think I did. I saw it on TV for the first time ever many years ago, and then I never watched it again until this podcast. Mm -hmm. Internationally, it brought in another $46,812,848 for a grand total worldwide of $222,344,688. Pretty damn good for a $32 million budget. Oh, yeah. And that's 2003 numbers we're talking. Adjusted yeah. for inflation, this movie would have made, like, damn near $500 million worldwide. It's insane. Oh, yeah. Insane. Wow. People loved this movie. I, I never understood it, but, you know. It is what it is. Yeah. Home movie sales. How well do you think this movie did on DVD and Blu-ray? Uh, too well. Absolutely, way too well. Yeah. DVD sales since its release, about 101 million. And Blu-ray sales, another 29 million. That's 130 million brought in from home sales. Almost as much as it made in theaters, it has sold in home video. Yeah, everyone had to have it. They Dumb. wanted to put it in their uh, holiday rotation. Dumb, hate it. Yeah. All right, moving on. John Favreau was the director of Elf. I love John Favreau. I love him as an actor. I think he's a wonderful director. I think this movie was directed really well. Yeah. It's got some really, like, great stuff to it. Some cool camera work. Some really, like, off-the-walls kind of shooting where it's like, you can definitely tell in moments, especially when Buddy's just running around New York. That was probably Will Ferrell and John Favreau with a camera mm -hmm. just running around doing whatever they wanted. Probably. But that's some of the stuff that plays the best in this movie. So, you know, as a director, he really... He understood the assignment. 
Then he went on to make Iron Man in 08, which we already covered in another episode. If you haven't listened to it, definitely go check it out. It's a pretty good episode. And just like, the man's got an eye for stuff. He also made The Mandalorian, the show on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Like, dude's a good director. And this was his, I think, directorial debut. And nobody knew if he could direct or not. And he came out with this movie and everybody went nuts for it. I think that's a pretty good sign that he's going to do some good stuff. Yeah. Well, at least he got better. (laughs) Uh, Agree to disagree. I don't think directing was the problem with this movie. It's fair, but... All right. Hmm. Let's get into the characters and their actors. Yeah. So first I want to start with Papa Elf, who is the elf that raised Buddy, played by Bob Newhart. Talk to me. I mean, he did fantastic as an elf. My problem is with the character himself of kind of being an a-hole. I mean, he literally let this guy think that he was a failure at everything because he just didn't feel like telling him he was a human. That's a parent thing, though. Protecting their child from the truth. That's a parent But then completely ruining their life by making them think that they're a complete failure at everything. I mean... Everything. Did he, though? Or was he just a failure at everything? I mean, sure, but at least it makes a lot more sense as to why he's not doing great at all the things. Like, every person could do make toys except for him. So everyone looked at him as a failure. He could he make toys, at, he just couldn't make them as fast as everybody else. So he made he looked at himself like a failure. 885 Etch-A-Sketches. I thought it was 89, but 80, whatever. 85. He yeah. was 915 off the pace. He needed to make 1,000. Yeah. He made 85. Yeah. So he could. That That's more Etch-A-Sketches than I can make. Sure. But not but as much as apparently in elves In Sanders, make. it would be a failure. And <laughs> this man let him go his entire life thinking he was <clears throat> one. That's... Okay. Interesting take for Papa Elf. <laughs> All right. Going hard. Yeah. Okay. Right away. Next up, we're going to talk about Walter, played by James Caan who is Buddy's biological father. What do you think? He was too much of a jerk. Wow. Okay, you're just going hard. All right. <laughs> um, it, like nothing. You didn't like anything about this character. No, I liked how realistic he was. Like, a lot of the characters in this are really realistic in the way that they go about things. It's just like, they don't really lead into his change all that much. He literally goes from being jerk, 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 and to suddenly being like, Buddy means so much to me. Like, you seriously pushed him out of your life like five minutes ago. But that's not his problem. That's the writing. We're talking about the character and the actor. But that's part of the character. That's the writing. That's how they wrote him. He played it how it was written. Yes, but that also is what the character is. You can't have the character without the writing. I guess, but I mean... The actor did wonderfully. Well, James Conn's a masterpiece. Yes. Like, he is. He did wonderfully with what he was given, but what he was given was not great. All right, all right. I get it. You don't like him. Moving on. Next, we're going to talk about Emily, who is... Emily, played by Mary Steenburgen, who is Walter's wife, and they have their own kid, who we're not going to touch... We're not going to talk about, but yeah. he was fine. He, he served a role. Um, but I really like this character, so I can't wait to hear what you have to say about her, because if you bash her... I will quit this podcast right now. Well, no. (laughs) Emily is a joy. All right, I'm out. I quit. She's she's literally a joy. She takes everything in stride and she just like tries to find 
the good in things. She's trying to find the way to work around things. And dude, she literally has to deal with the fact that her husband has a kid from a previous relationship just show up randomly. That she never knew about. That she never well, knew. Well, he never knew about it either, let's be yeah. fair. But I know many of other people who would have gone nuts over that. And instead, she's all for it. She's She wants him to be a part of their lives. And I thought that was great. She's great. Mary can do... She's a wonderful actress. She I love cast her in a in lot like of everything. weird things. But she's always great. Yeah. I love her every time I see her. And his character was just delightful. Yeah. Like, she represented the holiday spirit more than anybody else in this entire film. And that includes Buddy. I don't care what anybody says. Yes. Says. Emily is like the thing in this movie. This is this is what you come to this movie for. Yes. Is her. Okay. Next up is I'm going to I'm going to say it Jovi. That's how they say they, it. That's how they say it in the movie yeah. and I don't I don't understand it. I think it's supposed to be that's not her real name. That's her elf name. Yeah. Cuz you know like the the store that they work at Gimbel's is based off of like Macy's, right? Big mm-hmm. huge department store kind of thing, the original Macy's. And when they used to do greet meet Santa's meet and greets with Santa the people who dressed up as elves they all had to pick an elf name and that's how they had to refer to each other well at work was with their elf name so I'm assuming Jovi is her elf name not her actual name but I think that's what Papa Elf calls her at the end so unless she just took her elf name always maybe I don't know just it's a weird name that's all I'm saying Um, she is played by Zoe Deschanel yeah talk to me This character is so weird to me, simply because she is so realistic and unrealistic all at the same time. Explain. Okay, she's super realistic in the fact that she's, like, humbug about the holiday. She's just like, I don't care. You know, it's not for me, but, you know, I have to make money somehow. Fair. And then she's unrealistic in the fact that she ends up with Buddy, even though his whole thing is stalking her and being a man-child. Okay. So, like... Her character makes very little sense to me. And, yeah. But jo- Zoe Chanel is amazing. She's gorgeous. I love, love her. her. Love her. She's Don't like a- her that much with blonde hair, though. Not yeah, gonna lie. Not, not great, but I love her voice in this, too. I think it's so pretty. Oh, that's just her voice. Yeah. Are you talking about a singing voice? Or singing her? voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just her voice. She's got a band. Oh. It's called She and Him. They hmm. put out an album in, like, 2011 or something like that oh. with some Christmas songs classic and they do like weird little indie shows and stuff she's <laughs> she's a weirdo uh, but i love uh, her. but like the best best kind of weirdo um i thought she was great i thought she was underused underserved yeah. where it's just like they need a girl for some reason but i feel like they you could completely really... remove her from yeah. this movie and buddy might have a more interesting story without the whole like i gotta get the girl yeah because like you come from the North Pole, you end up in New York City, you're trying to find your family, but also there's a girl. That just feels like a lot going on. There was a, definitely a lot so going on. So they didn't use her as much as they should once they introduced her, but then if that's the case, just don't introduce her. Just take her out of the movie. Mm-hmm. But I love Zoe Deschanel, so keep her in the movie because she's great. Yeah. All right. Finally, we're going to talk about Buddy the Elf slash human played by will ferrell go for it i mean it's a classic will ferrell role of just being overly ridiculous for no reason that's about as good as i can say it honestly this character is just either too dumb or is mentally challenged which would actually make the human the humor in this movie so much worse if he was mentally challenged because it seems just very inappropriate 
Like, it, the he shouldn't be this dumb. All right, well, save that. Yeah, okay. Um, you, you're going too hard. Um, he's fine. Will Ferrell is doing the Will Ferrell thing that, like, this is his first, like, starring role where, like, he's the marquee name. And this is what he would become known for in all of his movies. This over-top, over-dramatic acting, like, in the comedic sense, though. Like, it's just craziness. And he goes all in. Like, this is the one part where I think Favreau failed as a director. He needed to reel him in a little bit Mm -hmm. so that he meshed more with the actual world that they were creating because he felt completely out of place. And I, "Eh, no, no, don't correct me. I understand that's the point of the movie, is that he's out of place, but this was too far out of place. And he never, even by the end, felt like he fit in. Yeah. So, Will Ferrell did an excellent job with what he was supposed to do, but Buddy the Elf is not a great character, not somebody I want to follow on a journey with the way he was portrayed. Oh, yeah. So, all right. Let's get into it. What holds up for you in this movie? Uh, some of the things that hold up is it's a super cute premise. I love the idea of a human being raised by elves going to find, finally be in the real world and realizing it's not at all like the North Pole. Yeah. Like, I think it's a really, <clears throat> really cute premise if done well. Yeah, I also have the premise written down under things that hold up for me. Uh, the idea of a human being raised as an elf is super interesting i wish they would have kept it in the north pole not sent him back to the human world because his life as a human in north in the north pole working as an elf sounds like a banger i would watch that yeah that sounds so interesting a human who's been out of touch with society going back to society i've seen it in other movies so like that's where it kind of lost me. But the idea that he's an elf and Santa actually exists works. Yeah. You know, he's he's definitely that fish out of water story. And that usually works. Um, yeah. I have the set design at the North Pole. It is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The first, like, 15 minutes of this movie, that's my next point, actually. The first 15 minutes holds up. I love it. I love seeing Buddy up in the North Pole, all the elves doing their things, learning about the North Pole, how it works, seeing Santa who we'll get into later. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just, it's so interesting. But what I noticed the most while they were up there is the set design because it looks like hand-drawn sets. Like the, the house that they're in, it has this weird shading to it and this weird gray tone that looks like a hand-drawn old comic strip or something that they're just living in. And that's so beautiful. And then when they go outside and it's a nice throwback to the... Um, what were they called? Raskin and Bast or Bass or Bass and Rankin or something. It's the old like Ray, Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer movies, stop motion from back in the day, nineteen thirties, twenties. They have those characters which are just delightful, and just the, everything about the North Pole. I just love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I have, love it. I have something similar written down about like how small details, like the animated snowflakes, are a nice touch. Really adds to the magical quality of this North Pole. Uh, and like the matte background that they have is just like the blue background that oh, yeah. they have. It, it makes it more realistic as to why Buddy never thought to look outside you of are, the it, North Pole. To, they definitely make it answers. feel like they're in a snow globe 
Yeah. Like, that is a very isolated area. So he never looked outside because that felt like the entire world. Yeah. So yeah. I just, I thought it was neat touches there and I wish they would have kept that throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, just Hard that, switch that to level reality of detail. Yeah. when he gets to New York. Hard switch. Which is kind of fine, but then it's still like a magical realistic because they never go like super deep into like the typical uh, New York feel. Yeah. So it's like he's, you were still a little like rose colored glasses on it. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I don't know. Um, another thing that I have is, I'm going to say one name, but it includes all the side characters, some of the ones we've already talked about, the ones we haven't talked about, but Faison Love, who plays the Gimbal's store manager, mm-hmm. is just wonderful. Like, every time him. he showed up, when he <laughs> shows up for the first time, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I love <laughs> this. Yes. I'm so excited. Dude, and I then love he's when sorely he underused. Santa. What? I love when he becomes Santa. Oh, yeah, so good. I just wish he was used more, but he yeah. is used perfectly when he's on screen. I do love it. The whole scene where he's like, who decorated? Oh, corporate must have sent a professional. Who's gunning for my job? All right, if you guys hear anything, you call me on channel together. three. Yeah. yeah. If I'm going down, we're all going down. And I'm just so like, good. I love it. It's I, like, I know, I know managers like that. Oh, yeah. He was so real, but so funny. He had this really like, dry wit when everything else was over the top wit yeah so but that includes all the side characters everybody buddy meets the two security guards at the empire state building are great when they're on screen the little the the brother is great when he's on screen the Mm -hmm. other elves are great when they're on screen at the beginning it's like all the little side characters create this wonderful world and they all deserve an applause Mm -hmm. what else you got i have uh the music is more magical than the movie deserves. Like, it is a really nice score that goes into this movie. That's fair. It makes you think that something magical is just around every corner and makes you really hopeful. Yeah. And so it's like, it's really good music. I just wish it was on a better movie <laughs> that, that was more magical that I could, like, fall in love with. Yeah, you're not wrong. You are not wrong at all. And uh, I love... Some of the humor, like, I, I normally detest the type of humor that's in this movie, but there's some of it that really gets me going. Like, um, the jack-in-the-box scene, where mm. he's testing the jack-in-box, and they pop up randomly, and it scares him every time. Yeah. Cracks me the hell up. And okay. every time Buddy gets hit by the car. And that is that <laughs> That's is an ongoing theme in the movie. Yeah, and that is something that I normally would just, like, roll my eyes at, but that one was played so well because... It was music, everything's going upbeat, and then he gets hit by the car, music stops, reality is, and then he gets back up and the music starts again. And I'm like, that is the perfect way to do that bit of humor. Yeah. So it had wonderful humorous moments in it. Absolutely. It, it, it was fine. Some of the humor, like you said, worked really well. But uh, the last thing I have in what does hold up is in the beginning of the movie, because Buddy is a six foot four elf, mm-hmm. the force perspective they didn't hire a bunch of uh, little people. They got, you know, kids and stuff like that, but they also had, like, full-sized actors, so they had to use force perspective, like things they used in Lord of the Rings for Gandalf being so yeah. much bigger because Favreau didn't want to use CGI because he knew it wasn't going to look that great in 2003. So he used force perspective, and it's so good. There's moments where you're like, you can clearly see where the set is a little separated, a little... It doesn't matter, though. Yeah, if you're not looking for it, you don't see it. Exactly. So that is wonderful. I just love the practicality of it. It's so good. Yeah. 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 You got anything else in the does hold up? Uh, 
I really like the ending in the fact of the, you know, getting everyone to sing to make the the a sleigh fly. Well, it's not the, that's that's not like the end, right? No, it's not the the end, but like it's that climactic moment. Of you like, like everything from like there to the end. Like yes. it's all just, it flows. Yeah. All right. Tell, tell them about what from that moment to the end. Tell them what works. It's it. It gets me going, I guess. I it's I don't know how to explain it. It's that like yay moment of this film of like, oh, this is the holiday cheer that I was waiting for that moment. Like you get so down about all the people that are in this movie for the most part. And then you finally get this moment where they all come together and they sing so that Santa can go about delivering all the toys. And they don't really do it for Santa. They do it for Buddy. Well, our main people do it for Buddy. Yeah. yeah, But everyone else is doing it for Santa. (laughs) Well, how do you feel about the stuff that comes after that? Where they kind of are just a family after that? The narration and everything afterwards, how you, what you find out about what happens later. It's fine. Like, it, it's a good ending. I feel like the narration just didn't need to exist. Just end it with them flying away, Christmas is saved. Well, we kind of understood I don't mind where they it. might go. I don't mind it simply because we started the movie with that kind of cliche of like, this is a this is documentary a this is a story yeah. story wise of retelling of this story by Papa Elf. And so that's just bringing back the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like it was a little unnecessary, though, so I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. I think it would be better if their child was older and he was telling it to the kid. Yeah. Not to a baby. Yeah. Or to the people that were literally in the story. That's so, fair. Like, there there could have been ways to make it better, but I thought it was fine. Okay. Fair. Uh, anything else in the holds up section for you? No, that's, that's it. All right. Going into the what doesn't hold up. Yes. Buddy's dumb. Buddy that is, is literally my first thing. It is so cringe because he is so Buddy dumb. Buddy is so dumb. And mm-hmm. what bothers me the most about how dumb Buddy is, and I get it, fish out of water, don't understand things, that's one thing. But when we're in the North Pole, like, Papa Elf seems like he would understand the real world if he was there. All yeah. the other elves seem adjusted. Even when Buddy's in the North Pole, he doesn't seem as stupid. Then he gets to the real world, and it's like, holy shit, what are you doing? Why are you so freaking dumb? Especially because, like, when Santa when he's leaving and Santa's like, don't eat gum off the sidewalk. It's not candy. Yep. It's not there for you. First thing he does, eats gum off the sidewalk. It's I off a railing. I have to turn away. Every freaking time that scene comes on, I have to freaking so turn he away. So he listens to Santa all the time on everything, except for this. Yep. Why is he, he's just so dumb. It's just hard to get behind that character because... I'm like, you're an idiot. Like, I don't care what you're doing because it just bothers me. I mean, he literally is portraying like a four-year-old. Right? But like a four-year-old with ADD. And they try to retroactive fix it with the doctor who's played by John Favreau in the movie. Who's like, oh, when he saw you, he must reverted back to a childlike wonder type thing. And it's like, no, no, no. he's just dumb. Yeah, because he literally stays that way until the very end. Yeah, I hate it. It... it Less is more in this instance. Right? Like, like he you... didn't need to be that bad. Like, seeing the world like it's magical because it's all new, that's one thing. But, like, playing hopscotch in the middle of the street, taking papers back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Like, I get you didn't have elves handing out flyers up in the North Pole, but you understand when something's being given out, you just take one and you move on. Yeah. I'm sure you didn't just take everything the elves ever offered and took all of them. Honestly, 
he would have been more endearing if he was less dumb and it was more like situational humor. Yes. Like there's ways to make fish out of water humorous, but where the character is still smart. I mean, we've literally had stuff like, I mean, even George of the Jungle. We, we talked about that this past Tuesday and he was a fish out of water there. Yeah. And it was still rather humorous. He wasn't dumb. I mean, he was dumb, but not like this dumb. The scene I always think about is when Buddy gets to the Empire State Building, he's riding up to see his dad for the first time, and he pushes all the buttons on the elevator to, like, make them look like a Christmas tree. That's situational, funny, dumb humor. Yeah. Like, he's never seen buttons like that before, so he's going to push the buttons. Yeah. And he's going to make it look like a little Christmas tree. Light it up like a Christmas tree. That works. Yeah. Eating gum off a railing, playing hopscotch in the street doesn't work. Yeah. And consistently doing these things, even after he's told, like, don't do this or whatever. Yeah. Like, he just keeps doing it. Yeah. And it's like. Wh- yeah, not not a fan. Why? So that was the first thing. Uh, the second thing I have is um, this movie's sort of creepy. <laughs> sort of? Buddy, Buddy is a creepy person. Yeah. Um, not just with Jovi, who he sings along with in the shower without her even knowing he's there. But, like, the way he invades his family's life, mm-hmm. his dad, like, he doesn't take no for an answer. He just, what, elves are never told no? Like, what does he understand about do not do this? Yeah. And he just forces himself into everything. He does things without being told to do them or asked to do them. And it's just like, man, you need to be locked up somewhere. Because it's not good. Yeah. Okay. What do you got? Give me some uh, more stuff before I just keep going. It has really been, like, a lot of infantile humor. Like, that one, the one that gets me every time is the burp that lasts, like, literally 30 Fif- seconds. 15 second burp. Yeah. And it just keeps going. And it's like, just, just stop. Just stop. I, just, lo- I do love the follow-up, though, with the brother just being like, you're weird. Yeah. I mean. Like, nobody usually- plays it like it's funny. They play it like, what the hell was that? So at least they do that right. Yeah, which is probably just their actual reaction to this joke. Like, Will Ferrell's like, I got this thing and it'll be funny. And he does it. And everyone's like, that's not <laughs> funny. But we'll put it in. Yeah, you know? if you want us to. All right. Yeah. Um, I don't care for the movie trope that they use of the mean at- uh, adult needs to find, like, their inner child again or whatever that they do for yeah the, like for the Ebert dad. said that part of the movie feels very santa claus with tim mm-hmm. allen where it's like mean adult needs to find the meaning of christmas and the joy in their heart yeah yeah it's just like eh. i've seen eh. it done better Yo, a lot yeah so uh what else you got i have will ferrell's overacting yeah yeah it's just so much it's so bad it's it's he's at 110 the entire movie there's never a moment he backs it down and I can't connect to a character like that. There's never, like, a, a, a sobering moment for him to realize the reality he's actually in. Yeah, he never... So the fact that he gets learns. everything he wants at the end just doesn't add up for me. He has literally two minutes of screen time in which he's sobered up, in which he's like, I don't belong anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I see Santa. That little callback to uh, It's a Wonderful Life, which we're doing in, what, two weeks? Next week? I don't Next remember week. the schedule. Um, that's just what that's a callback to. Yeah. And I think it doesn't fit in in this movie because why would Buddy even know anything along those lines? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, do elves have existential crises? Chrysi? 
and find bridges in North Pole to stand and look out contemplatively? Uh, apparently. Because he, he knew that. He only knows stuff that elves know, apparently. But he knew that. Yeah. Yeah, super weird. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Will Ferrell's overacting in the whole movie just doesn't work for me. Um, I also just don't understand Buddy's undying love for a father that he's never met. Mm-hmm. He's, like, all in on this guy from moment one. Yeah, he's not immediately rejected by this guy and goes, well, he's probably a jerk. I mean, he is on the naughty list. Let's go home. It's too much. Yeah, he is on the naughty list. And Buddy's just like, you know what it feels like? It feels like a girl meeting a bad boy and being like, I can change him. (laughs) Buddy's like, my father's on the bad list. I can change him. Mm Mm-hmm. I just don't get it. I it, it takes me out of the movie how immediate it is. Like, I got to buy him presents. I got to... And that, that present he gives to him is... I get the joke. You saw a sign that says, for someone special. Mm-hmm. But you don't know what... You don't know that boys and girls wear different kind of clothing. I get in the North Pole, you guys all have, like, little uniforms and stuff. But we yeah. saw him in, like, sleeping PJs and stuff like that when he was in the North Pole. You have to understand the difference. Why doesn't he understand? Again, it goes back to him being dumb. And it's not like this guy isn't 30 years old. Because he literally says he's 30 years old. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it. Maybe this movie plays better if Buddy's like 16 or yeah. 18. Plays a little better, but mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, what else you got before I finish uh, off my list? They have very insensitive uh, short person jokes. I mean, it's Buddy, you know, not realizing that that's not an elf. Yeah. But then no one in the room like stops him. Or, like, corrects him so that it becomes a whole big freaking thing. And it's just so insensitive and so inappropriate and does not fly today. When we get to our fun times with Google, I actually have something to say about that exact scene as well. Cool. Um, but I also had the short jokes, don't hold up. I think it's yeah. a very insensitive moment that's and it just keeps not going. funny at all. Yeah. So It's, again, one of, those, one of those things where you just kept beating a dead horse. Yep. When there was no need to. Yeah. Okay, what else you got? Uh... It's a bad representation of literally stalking a girl until she likes you because she tells him, go away. Like, like once though. And then she's all like, I love you. Yeah. Even though you were in the bathroom while I was taking a shower, which once again, why? Even though, according to Ebert, grown man who thinks he's an elf is the definition of a pervert. And she's, apparently that's what gets her. Apparently. So it was just very unrealistic and just does not hold up well they also just didn't have enough interaction together for me to care that Mm -hmm. they got together like i said she was severely underused and once again if it was like he does a few things that are really endearing like uh if he wasn't so severely infantile in like everything that he does it would be a little more endearing like oh he's got the child in him still he still can ha- see the joy and wonder and all these things that i can't maybe that's what's getting her but the right, fact like that those moments where he does something really cute and she looks at him from a distance and smiles like you get in most movies something yeah that just never happens no yeah um the last thing i have goes along with her it's uh the manic pixie dream girl like that's all the buddy way. that's buddy's version of the manic pixie dream girl yeah and like stuff like that just doesn't hold up anymore like zoe deschanel is the ideal pixie dream girl but in this one it's just it doesn't make sense yeah but he wouldn't have any idea why she's sarcastic like that's not the type of girl that he would go for mm-hmm. with the character that you set up he would look for somebody that has the joy in life that has the care and the want and the 
she's like, Ugh, couldn't be bothered. Yeah. With some stuff. It's, he wouldn't work. go for that. So they just needed to throw that in because that was the ideal. That was the girl people wanted in 2003. Yeah. So, yeah, doesn't hold up for me. I'm I'm good to move on to the Knit Orchard. I don't have anything for the Knit Orchard, so it's mine all are mo- Mine are mostly questions. All right, hit me. Probably unanswerable. Let's find out. Uh, first one is, why does Santa have toys left after the first opening Christmas? Like, there's toys in the bag. That's how he, that's how Buddy gets to the North Pole. Sneaks in, yeah. Yeah. Why are there toys left? You know what? Maybe he just decided last minute kids were bad and didn't get toys. Oh, they stayed up too late. Yeah. Mm. And he was like, nope, they're trying to catch me. Keep going. Okay. All right. What else uh, you got? Why don't they give Buddy a job he's good at? So, like, they keep making him make these toys when there's other things that he could do as a person his size at the North Pole. Right. Like, he should be stocking shelves. Yes. Hauling things. Moving things. Yes. Building things. Like, bigger things. Yes. Yeah, they make him make these little tiny toys. Yeah, it's like you are setting him up for failure in this moment. And it because is it's funny, not acceptable. I guess. Yeah. All right, what else? Uh, why does Walter have buddy size closed? Like, he takes him to work, mm-hmm. and he's suddenly in, like, a suit and jacket that fit him. I just assume they went shopping. Yeah. Because it just... it's, it's clothing that's very reminiscent of Walter's. Yeah. Meaning it was like, oh, we got to make him an adult. We got to get him. So they probably just took him shopping. It just didn't make much sense because it's nighttime when they're talking about it and then it's the next morning yeah. that he's going into work. And I think it would have been a cute moment that they could have added in of them shopping to mm-hmm. see the dad and son bonding in some way. Because we never got that. Like, dad, I want to dress like you yeah. because if you notice, their ties are exactly the same pattern, just different colors. They're wearing the same tie. They're just different colors. Yeah. So clearly he modeled his wardrobe after his father mm-hmm. and it would have been a cute moment to see that. But yeah. we just didn't get that. Yeah. So So instead, I'm left thinking, how does he have buddy size clothes buddy is definitely taller than him oh yeah absolutely like by a lot and not as built yeah and the last thing is not a question it's buddy would definitely be sent to a psych hospital 100 percent. after the first day there after first day there he would be like involuntarily checked in yeah probably it's not even yeah i mean once walter finds out it's his actual son he would have been like all right we need to get him help then yeah it's not oh take him home and get him ingrained in your family life like Let's have him around your preteen boy. No. Yep. It's get him the help that he needs if you think this guy isn't telling the truth. Like, Absolutely. He honestly thinks he's an elf. You guys don't think elves exist. He would need help. Absolutely. So. All right. That's that's all for my nits. Cool. Moving on to fun times with Google. You are all for this one. Uh, okay, cool. I only have three, but they were interesting. Mm-hmm. So your favorite little, like, jack-in-the-box scene? Yeah. Completely. So... Those are not normal jack-in-the-boxes. Yeah, they could cho- They could, uh... They were remote-controlled by yeah. Favreau himself, so he pick and, picked and choose when to pop it. So Will Ferrell's reactions in that moment are pretty genuine because he didn't know when they were coming out. Yeah. And I just... That's brilliant. That's awesome filmmaking right there, where yes. it's like, you need a genuine reaction, find a way to get it. Well, it makes me think of the Die Hard moment where they were going to let him go on three and let him go on one instead. Yeah. Um, two. I can't, two. Sorry. I can't remember the character's name, but yeah. Where they just drop him. Yeah. And it's like the shock face is real because he didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So if you look really closely, this might be a fun fact in one of our shorts coming up because 
those people don't listen to this podcast. And if you do <laughs> listen to this podcast, I, I love you. Thank you. We appreciate that. Let us know on the video then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Phase on Love, the manager of the store. If you look really closely, you can see his name tag says Wanda. Hmm. His name's not Wanda. Yeah. Originally, the comedian and actress Wanda Sykes was going to play that role, but she had to drop out due to like other reasons, you know, like time, scheduling, yeah. whatever. So Faison Love took on the role, but demanded that he get to keep the Wanda name tag. That is funny. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just named Wanda for some reason. I love it. And if you don't know the backstory, it's really confusing why this big man is called Wanda. He chose his uh, elf name. Yeah, he did. It's great. Um, <laughs> and it's just such a weird little thing to notice as well. Um, and my last fun times with Google is, and it goes back to something you said earlier when it comes to the short jokes. John Favreau has said in interviews, Buddy knows, Buddy 100% knows when he is being bad and doing something wrong. Mm. He said... Watch the movie again. You'll notice little things in Will Ferrell's performance. He knows when he's being bad and doing something wrong. And that changes the entire complexity of this movie for me. It just makes him an a-hole. Yeah. Complexion, not complexity. Changes the entire complexion of this movie for me. Because in that moment... Uh, Peter Dinklage is screaming, call me an elf one more time. And you watch Buddy hesitate, hesitate, and then whisper, he's an angry elf. You knew in that moment you shouldn't have said something, and you said another thing. Yeah. And Favreau has said in interviews, Buddy knows. That's not okay. So now he's not dumb, he's just an ass. Yeah, and that makes this movie completely unwatchable. Like, I will never be able to watch this movie again because of that. Well, if you didn't know that, that's what we're basing this on. Yeah. When you come to your final decision, it's based not on that knowledge, on the movie itself. Yeah. All right. That's all I got for fun times with Google. So let's move on to hot takes. Awesome. Hot takes. <gasps> Ooh, it burns. All right. Um, oh, Lord. You want your hot take first? You want mine first? Uh, I'll go first. All right, go for it. The real villains in this movie is everyone at the North Pole. Ooh. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Okay. Uh, besides the fact that Santa is borderline abusive in this movie, no one in that in in the hot in the North Pole at all, because they all seem to understand what the real world is like, explain it to Buddy. They just send him off. They just send him off. They literally put him in jobs he's he will not be good at because they literally say they are good at making these toys because they have small fingers and are nimble and are effortlessly happy, I guess. He's a human. He is not like you. And yet you still try to make him conform into your roles and then don't do anything when he feels like a failure. Like you say like, oh, you're not a failure, you're not a failure. <laughs> but then talk about him behind your back, behind his back. Then they're like, oh yeah, go off into the real world. Here's like three things that I'm going to tell you about the real world, but not like the 9 million other things that make it different from the North Pole. So that when yeah, you get there, you're, you're more likely going to be a failure there too. You're not, you're not wrong. Like I can't even argue that. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of jerks. And then when it comes to the end. Which is why it doesn't make sense that Buddy doesn't understand things because the North Pole is not exactly 
sunshine and rainbows all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like a normal workplace. And when it comes to the end. And when it comes to the end and Santa's like, oh man, I, I, you know, I'm in a bind. I need help. He literally like looks at Buddy and's like, you are the most elf-like of them all. Like trying to he's butter him up. Yeah, he's manipulating Buddy into helping him in this moment. Like, yeah, Buddy was going to help you no matter what. He loves you. But you had to throw on that little extra bit that was like... I believed in you the entire time. Ha 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 ha. Right? Like it, it, it boils my blood watching it this time to see how terrible everyone in the North Pole is to him. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. You, you're definitely not wrong. Yeah. All right. I have two hot takes Ooh. because I couldn't pick which one's the hotter of the takes. Ooh, let me see if I can. Okay. First, the movie is better without Will Ferrell. It's yeah. not just that I'm not a fan of Will Ferrell. The movie is better with somebody who can do a subtler performance of Buddy. And I don't think Will Ferrell has the capacity in at in 2003 yes. to do so. Yes, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And I think if he were to do it now, he might be able to do it. Right. So we just ended up watching that spirited movie on Apple+. Plus. Uh, Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds, modern day type... Uh, Charles Dickens Christmas story type thing. Um, But like that character, Farrell plays in that Mm -hmm. as Buddy would work. Yeah. Yeah. But in 2003, Will Farrell was not the actor to put in this movie. And this movie would be so much better without him. I agree. So I guess it's not that hot of a take. I mean, it's not one that I would have come up with right away, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. My other hot take Mm -hmm. is Buddy the Elf this, this must all be in his head because Buddy the Elf didn't survive past the age of 10. He is dead. Okay. What are the four food groups that elves eat? Candy, candy cane, candy corn, and, and syrup. syrup. They live on sugar. I get he lives in the North Pole and he pretends he is an elf. But he let's can't. not forget he is human. Yeah, he can't survive on that. No. And plus he would be really overweight. Really overweight. He's getting no protein. He's getting barely any sun. Also. He's dead. Apparently is... he only sleeps 40 minutes a night. Yeah. He's he's dead. Yeah. No. This is all a fever dream of a dead guy. Yeah. Of a guy dying. You know what? I like it. That's my hot take. This this movie doesn't actually exist. And then I can forgive Buddy being such an idiot. Yeah. Cause he was because he was 10 years old. He's 10 years old acting like he's 30. Yeah. Okay. I like it better. Yeah. Movie saved. That's, you know what's fun? You know what's fun about that? The hot mm. take? I just came up with it while we were doing this podcast. <laughs> Little things we were saying. I was yeah. just like, you know, it doesn't really make sense. It really a doesn't. A lot of this movie, but how can I make it make sense? Mm. And then I was like, he'd be dead. Like the way he cooks breakfast for his family, the way he acts, like he's dead. Yeah. This kid, this the, he died with the elves. And that's why he magically gets to save Christmas. Yeah. And Santa all of a sudden is seen by thousands of people because Mm -hmm. it never happened. Though not the cameras. Yeah, not the cameras though. Yeah. But whatever. Yep. Couldn't. This movie couldn't be made now. Everybody'd have a camera out. I actually had that written down. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) yeah, that's that's my other hot take. Yeah. This movie is the dying moments of a ten-year-old child. Yeah. If he even made it to even 10. Even if he made it 10. He might be six. I don't know. Yeah. He was only four years old, and that's why he acts like a four-year-old. Yep. 
Yeah. Okay. I can see it. I like okay. it. Yeah. Well, I like it. Cool. Hot takes. <laughs> Hot takes. Um, man, we are flying through this podcast. Yeah. All right. Let's slow it down for a minute before we get into awards. Yeah. Now that you've heard my hot take, mm-hmm. does anything change about what you've already said about this movie? If that were the case, if that theory was true, does it change anything about how you viewed this movie? It would make my view a lot nicer since it would get rid of a lot of that, like, my problem with the humor. Because, yeah, you would expect a small child to have, to be doing all these The girl thing things. would be weird, though. Because yeah. he wouldn't really know girls yet. Yeah, I mean, he knew girls, like, there yeah, was but girls you know what I mean, age, like, yeah. that thing. Um, but, okay, keep going. What else changed? Like, do you add anything to the holds-up category or the doesn't-hold-up category if my theory was true? I think the only thing that would really change is, like, yeah, the romance would make even less sense. But, I mean, he's also kind of kiddish about how he goes about that romance, so it depends on the age in which he died. Yeah for it to for things to move okay because as a moviegoer i would still hate the humor but it would be more understandable so it probably wouldn't be in my doesn't hold up but it wouldn't have made my does hold up it would just be a thing that happened in the movie exactly okay Interesting. what about you i yeah it changes a lot for me actually okay like you know not basing this movie on not not basing my decision on anything mm-hmm. but it takes the movie from like a, it's a movie, to that's a really interesting take on what happens to somebody as like, I assume somebody dying from like a diabetic shock. Hmm. You know, something along those lines. One of, one of my favorite movies, and it's not a good movie, but it's one of my favorite movies, is a small, low-budget film, I also believe from 2003, called 13 Seconds. It's about a heavy metal rock band who goes to, like, a haunted school type thing to record their newest album. But then there's, like, these weird monster creatures coming out of paintings and stuff like that and and killing them one by one. And there's this wonderful twist. Sorry to ruin a movie that maybe you've never seen or never even heard of. And even ruining this ending doesn't matter. Go watch this movie because it's interesting. The end of it is the lead singer, everything that's happened... The reason the movie's called 13 Seconds is because everything you've watched in the movie is this, in this man's mind, in 13 seconds, he's dying from a drug overdose. Oof. Like, that's what hits you at the end. It's like, everything you saw, none of it ever happened. It's it's the fever dream of a dying man in his last 13 seconds. Mm-hmm. If I apply that principle to this movie, whew, everything, game changer. Game changer. All of a sudden, it's like, No wonder he gets the girl, gets to save Santa. His family accepts him even through all his crazy stuff. He doesn't die from getting hit by a car in New York or getting stabbed or getting robbed or getting beat up. Anything. Nothing bad ever happens to him. New York isn't as New York-y as other movies. It makes a lot more sense, every little aspect, including the relationship. Although it shouldn't happen based on depending on what age. But it makes more sense because it's just kind of like you saw it in a movie. Mm-hmm. Well, the boy gets the girl. So in this movie, in his head, boy gets the girl. He doesn't know how he did it. He just did it. Yeah. It just, just it changes literally just everything. Like yeah. And now I'm like, do I have to go watch this movie with that thought in mind and just see exactly what changes? Yeah, it would be interesting. And I don't then know. it could be, you know, the Papa Elf 
actually reading the story of this kid and like making up the ending of him something so that you know he could they could explain to all the other kids that were around his age what happened to him yeah you know or papa elf is just literally the angel of death yeah telling telling us the story i don't know i don't know it's just interesting he died while in santa's bag right like well that's a a little too young but yeah like i don't know just weird i just thought about it like he's dead okay now that i sufficiently just burned a couple minutes (laughs) um let's get into our awards yeah first up we have the most replayable scene which is the scene that if it's on you will watch it maybe rewind it and watch it again and then finish the rest of the movie what do you got? Well, I didn't have one that could finish the rest of the movie because yeah, no, it, just give me your give me your scene. Uh, my favorite scene, the scene that I like replaying, is Buddy decorating the shop. You know, doing all the crazy things to decorate the shop when he's still working there. Yeah, I love that scene. I think it's so cute. The the many things that he does to make the shop look great, and then the reveal of it after. Yeah, is a lot of fun for me. It is. It's it's really cute. Yeah, I enjoy it. That's one of those th- scenes where I'm like, yeah, I like that. That's the joy in my heart that I think this movie was looking for. Yeah. Gives it to me right in that moment. Uh, my most replayable scene it makes me giggle every time I've seen it. I've seen it in clips. I've seen it when I've watched the movie the two times I've watched this movie. Mm-hmm. It's after they bring home the tree to his family's house and they put it all up and they're decorating it. Um, his brother walks to the front of the camera to do something and we see buddy in the background just run and jump on the tree to decorate it and then the tree just tips over and crushes him yeah and it just it makes me laugh so much because yeah that seems kind of real ish yeah he was trying to get the star on on the top of the tree yeah so it's like how do you get up there what do you do and he's like i got an idea and i'm like you know as a as a teenager yeah i'm dumb i would have done that i'd have been like yeah i can totally get it don't worry about it yeah. Jump, crash, burn. Be great. Heck, for all he knows, that's exactly how the elves, for all we know, I should say, that's the how the elves do it. They just jump up and go, Because Ding. they are light enough, they don't tip the thing over. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, I giggle every, every time, time it shows up. It's so funny. All right. Next award goes to our what? In honor of Jaws, it's the weirdest line read or just the weirdest line written. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, I have to go for, I think, the obvious one of Santa! <laughs> when he's told that Santa is coming to the store and he just literally screams it at the top of his lungs. Yeah. It, it's so cringe every time I watch it and I'm like, uh, yep. And it's played every commercial for like holiday movies every year. Facts. It's on every single one of those Facts. Every time they're like, we're going to play Elf this Saturday, that's the part of the movie they show. Yeah. Even yeah. are just like, hey, welcome for our 12 days of Christmas movies, you know? It's in every Christmas every montage movie. Everything. Everything. Yeah. That's that's a fantastic pick. What's I yours? don't know if I can top that, but <laughs> I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. Um, mine is not so much the line read. It's the line itself. Okay. It's... When Buddy's leaving and Santa gives him the whole speech about what to expect in New York. That entire speech. Yeah. Uh, There's like 30 rays and they all claim to be the original rays, but the actual original rays is on 35th. If you see gum on the sidewalk, it's not candy for you. Don't pick it. Like, 
And if you see a peep show, that's not you get a look at presents the night before Christmas. What the f- Out of all the things you could have told him, I mean, those are probably good ones to keep in mind, except for the pizza one. But he, we also never see him do any of those things, except for the gum. Mm-hmm. If there would have been callbacks, like Buddy goes to New York and somebody says, hey man, you want to see a peep show? And he goes, no, Santa told me I couldn't do that. Yeah. Fine. What the hell was that speech for? Who was that for? Uh, that was to show that he is the true villain of this movie. <laughs> that should have been your hot take. Santa's the villain. I mean, the whole North Pole is the villain. No, just Santa. Um, he He's the boss of them, so he <laughs> made them do it. He's the mob boss. <laughs> They're all just the henchmen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he took Buddy on purpose. <laughs> he left that bear out there enticing a child to come yeah. in. And he used his magic to put down the gate holding the baby in. Mm-hmm. It was like, get in the bag, baby. <laughs> yep, just so he could torture this poor Do you see human. the way he even looked at him when he was yep. eating the cookie at the beginning? Mm-hmm. He looked at it with malice in his eyes. Yep, he is the true villain. Damn, that's it. This is, oh, man. Santa is not, you know, hot take. Mm. It's not Santa. It's Krampus. <gasps> this whole thing is he's not been in no the No wonder Pole. there's no cheer for his sleigh. <laughs> it's Krampus all this time. <laughs> we're perfect. rewriting the movie perfect yeah, right. rewriting it from day one okay uh yeah just that santa speech i hate it i it's hate every so moment bad. of it i can't deal with it so it's so bad all right do you have a scientist award for this one i do okay and it's one of my my so, the moments that crack me up every this award time. is the you know i'm somewhat of a scientist myself mm-hmm. award in honor of spider-man when Norman Osborn says that to Peter Parker. It's such a meme-worthy moment. Yes. And so this is for the scene that's most meme-worthy. Yes. Go. For me, it is Buddy being hit by the car when he's walking across the street. Because it was literally, I see it in my head. Everything's going great. I just got a new job. Bam. Got fired. Well, I think, you know? I think, I think <laughs> it was the original one. It's switched yeah. now to the Joker mm. from 2018's Joker where he gets hit by the yeah. car walking across the street. Because that one's meme to hell. But I bet Eddie, I bet Buddy getting hit was probably the original meme of yeah. that. Getting ready for Christmas, bam. Turns out it's not even Halloween yet. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> it could be for anything and it would just, it would be great. Yeah. Um, Do you have one? I don't. Yeah. I don't think anything in this movie really is Warrants it. worth a meme. Yeah. Except like. I could see your, you know, hugging the tree one. Being a meme, being like, I will show you my love. My love was not good enough. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I couldn't. I sat and I thought and I thought and I thought. And I like played the whole movie over in my head. And I was like, no, no, no. I just couldn't come up with one. But so I just left mine blank. That's fair. Um, so we do have a new award for yep. this movie alone. And it is the most magical moment in this Christmas movie. This might be for all our uh, holiday movies. It could be. We're playing around with it. Yeah. But the most magical moment. Yeah. Mine is Jovi getting everyone to sing at the end. It, it gets gives me the warm feelies. <sighs> You're too easy. I know. It's like you got the, the, the movie got the exact response it wanted from you. Out of that single moment? Yes. Yeah. Her standing up on that, you know, carriage, getting the courage to sing, singing, and getting everyone to sing, especially as it goes further than the people gathered there it goes through all the people watching the tv which i didn't put in my nits but like not everyone especially those kids would be watching this news channel at this given moment you know what maybe it was breaking news 
and just took over all the channels. I mean, it could be something fell into the middle of Central Park. Exactly. And they think it's Santa. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a pretty good moment. What about you? Mine is the reveal of the decorated store that Buddy stayed up all night decorating. Yeah. It's so magical. Yeah. Like, everything he did. Like, like first of all, he's human, so there's no way he did that all in one night. That's just insane. We just don't, we don't talk about that. Yeah. It's literally a magical <laughs> moment because I'm pretty sure magic happened in that moment. Mm-hmm. But it is, it's just so nice. And just the way, like, it is full on, like, head to toe. That, pretty much that entire montage of him doing it leading into the reveal yeah. is just perfect. I love it's it. It's so good. I want my house to look like that until I run into the stuff like at uh, Buddy's house, how his dad runs into... Uh, yeah, hits his head on a snowflake hanging down. And so the, he keeps ripping it banner. off. And it's like, yeah. I know that would be me, but the first day of it, I'd be like, oh, I love it so much. My, and then I'd be like, no. My second place for this, because mm-hmm. I had two, my second most magical moment, and this, it, this is my kind of magic, because mm-hmm. it's hilarious, is when... He serves them all breakfast, and then he's like, I built that rocking horse. And Emily's like, you built that? Where'd you find the wood? And then it just shows the busted-ass TV stand, the TV on the ground, and everything's just busted up. Yeah. It's just so magical, mostly because it's that idea of, like, imagine the other things you could do with this, but then, like, Buddy sees the world in a completely different way, where he doesn't understand what a TV is, so he doesn't care. Yeah. And just he builds this horse, and it's just like, it's so funny. That moment got the reaction out of me that they were going for, where I giggled. Yeah. So, it was magic to me. I, fair. All right, last two awards. Mm-hmm. The Jar Jar Binks Award for, obviously, Jar Jar Binks, for the item, person, scene, something in the movie that holds up the worst. Not anything you've already mentioned. It's the thing that holds up the worst out of this movie. Go. Buddy. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Damn. Mostly just how childish he is. And, it, you know, I have to go based on the movie, not as you described it, yes. where he died as a child. <laughs> if so he's good. a grown-up adult, it does not work. It holds up the worst because it's just so cringeworthy that I literally wanted to turn the movie off. Not even, like... 20 minutes as soon as they left the north pole i was like i'm done i don't want to watch this anymore yeah i mean that's fair um i have the creepiness of a grown-ass man who thinks he's an elf yeah because to me it's like having a childlike wonder is one thing but like again he's stalking his father he's stalking the girl at the store Mm -hmm. like he stalks his brother yeah i was just about to say that one (laughs) it's everything he does is just creepy and cringy and that's what holds up the worst for me is he's not likable no and he's supposed to be likable yeah sure like you're gonna laugh at stuff he does but think to yourself are you laughing because it's funny or are you laughing because it's a grown-ass man doing it and whatever your answer is should dictate how you feel about this movie yeah okay final award the Paul Rudd Award, because that man never ages. He holds up really, really well. So this is for the thing in the movie that holds up the best. Yes. What do you got? The music. Ooh. The score. That's interesting. I think it it is so magical and really makes me want to like 
be hopeful and believe <laughs> and have that childlike wonder that they wanted to get out of you in this film. It was there for me and I loved it. I could put that music on for the entirety of the holiday season and just be happy. Okay. Yeah, it's a good score. It really is. Like if it shows up on my playlist, I'm probably just gonna let it play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good score. Um I have Mary Sternberger Mary Steenbergen mm-hmm. as Emily. I think she's just great. Yeah. I think everything about that character is just wonderful. How accepting she is of this man, like but she knows something's off like that's the best part she doesn't just go arms open welcome him in he's family everything's perfect she's like he's a fucking weirdo but he's our weirdo so we should take him in so that we can help him like everything about her like when you know your most magical moment of singing at the end the only reason it continues is because emily jumps in to get the crowd going even though she can't sing no in that moment no but like she sees jovi singing and people might just be like oh look a caroler let's listen Mm -hmm. and not join in but then emily's like well damn let's do this yep and she gets the crowd going i don't want to take away from jovi because she starts it but emily's the one who gets it really the momentum going yeah just every time she's on screen i'm eyes glued i'm watching you know how santa has a nice list she just is the nice list right like it's not even called the nice list it's called the emily list yeah and just you're like emily you're on that list yeah she's just she's wonderful she's my favorite part of this movie she's so pure and that will never change she's so good yeah so and just such a great actress too like she makes me have that joy in my heart for the holiday yeah because she is that joy and the movie should have been about her correct (laughs) another hot take Got lots of those for this movie. I had, to, <laughs> I had to narrow it down to the one that I even said. The two? You had two? two? Well, yeah, but that one, the other one I just thought of when I was uh, actually taking yeah. my notes. I kind of want to hear your other ones, to be honest. Uh, we'll do that later. I can go on like 45 minute more rant on this podcast just about my other hot <laughs> takes. Like, my other hot take? Mm-hmm. Buddy should have never left the North Pole. Yeah. What was the point? What did he expect to accomplish? Uh, knowing what he is i guess you're a human dude you know what humans are yeah other hot take buddy's stupid from the start because how does he not know what a human is they make toys for humans Mm -hmm. how did he not put two and two together that he's six foot four as an elf somebody says it in the movie and i don't even remember who says it in the movie that if he hasn't figured it out by now he'll never figure yeah, it's it out the other it's the other two little elves yeah yeah if he hasn't figured it out by now he's never gonna figure it out yeah idiot yeah dude come on you yeah. know what humans are you literally make toys the fact that every elf around you the monopoly box is as big as them but in your hand it's a normal size monopoly box mm-hmm. should tell you something why are you not questioning things no idea yeah that's why i was like okay it kind of makes sense with how the the world looks that he wouldn't look outside the world you know, like like you said, it kind of seems like it's its own snow globe. Yeah. So, like, that kind of... Maybe, but, like, he's heard about humans. Yeah. Other, other hot take? Mm-hmm. Why was Papa Elf the one that was supposed to raise him? Why not give it to an elf couple? So he would get the boy, the man, well, and the he woman? he always wanted a kid, but then never care. settled down. They I don't care. That's that. a dumb reason. Yeah. That's a dumb reason. Yeah. Like, oh, he's always wanted a kid, so give him this random human? Yeah, why when not? When he's, like, 90... 
apparently well over 400 years old. Yeah, 409 is what is said in the movie. Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. Hate it. Give him to an actual couple who's going to raise him. I don't even care if it's a boy-boy couple, a girl-girl I don't care. Give him yeah. two parents. Also, you couldn't spare another bed? Another hot take. Yeah. Buddy has to sleep in two elf beds pushed together. Put a third bed. You the literally dude is huge. make things for a living, and you make couldn't a make bed. a shower his size. You couldn't make Santa's a bed got his stuff. size. Santa's got stuff full person-sized. Yeah. Why can't Buddy have one of those? What, yeah. is, Santa, is Santa a dictator? He's the only one that gets that stuff. He is the villain of this movie. Yeah. He he literally brought Buddy there to be tortured. (laughs) We should have had an, you know what? We should have had an unanswerable questions category for this movie Mm -hmm. because I've got a lot of them. A lot. Yeah. Okay. One more question, actually, before we go into our final thoughts. Mm -hmm. We're not going to do a sequel or reboot of this movie. Mostly because Will Ferrell's already said he never wants to revisit this character. And I don't think you make a sequel without him. And I don't think you reboot it without him. Right? Doesn't make sense. I don't think they would touch it with a 10-foot pole. No. No. So, for fun's sake, do you think Elf, the TV show, would work? Do you think, like, a miniseries on, like, HBO or Disney or something would work elf as a mini series or maybe even just a tv show maybe a couple seasons out of it what do you think i would More i would say not a tv show but a mini series would probably work what do you want what do you want out of that mini series i want him acclimating to the human world if he's staying there mostly because okay. that's what it seems like him acclimating to that world and actually having people help him along the way instead of just going like, well, that's what he does. That, that's him. So you want, <laughs> a, you want a sequel, but you want it more as a miniseries than a movie. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I want a, I want a prequel. Okay. I want the miniseries or TV show. You know how like Big Bang Theory was a really big TV show and then they spun it off into Young Sheldon to see how we got to where Sheldon was? Yeah. That's what I want. I want Young Buddy, okay. the TV show. And I want that baby that crawled out of that bag, I want to watch him grow up as an elf for four seasons or whatever. Don't care. Yeah. That's I like what I want. It. Yeah. I think see, it'd be interesting. See how he actually gets through the elf world. Yeah. How he learns to mm-hmm. be an elf. I think it'd be fun. That might be fun. So, all right. Anyway, let's go into our final thoughts. Okay. Go for it. I have never liked this movie. I have always had an issue with just how childish and how the humor just doesn't land for me. I've never liked this film. And it's kind of obvious going through everything that I went through watching this movie again. I don't think it holds up. I think there's a lot of things that are just inherently wrong with this movie, especially when you come down to like those short jokes that just would not fly today. It would get like boycotted if it had that kind that level of joking in that movie and just it's it's creepy it's not a fun time it has bad humor in it that doesn't isn't good with what they're trying to do so i think maybe if you remade this movie it would be much better but as the movie stands right now it does not hold up what about you okay okay um Listen, I've seen this movie twice in my life. 
because the first time I watched this movie, I was like, this is absolute dumpster fire garbage. I want nothing to do with this movie. And every time a friend was like, dude, just give it another shot. Just give it another shot. Dude, it's so funny. We're going to watch it. We ain't going to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, come over, dude. We're going to have we're gonna have a party and we're going to put on Elf. You know, I'm yeah. going to stay home. I'm good. I don't yeah. even want to come to your stupid party. I don't want to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. But we decided to cover it on the podcast, so I was forced to watch it again. Yeah. And my thoughts are exactly the same as they were the first time I watched this movie. This is a dumpster fire of a movie that doesn't know what it wants to be. Yeah. It is all over the place. It is hard to follow. It's too quick paced. Things happen too fast. This is an hour and a half. It's like an hour and 38 minutes. This movie is very rarely do I ever say a movie should be longer. But this movie needed to be longer to make more sense of things. And as much as I love the first like 20, 15, 20 minutes at the North Pole, cut it down. Yeah. We didn't spend enough time in the real world to really give a crap about anything that was happening. And yet, I actually have it written in my notes that this is the longest hour and a half movie ever. Yeah. Because it's just... Because it's horribly, horribly paced. Because they tried to get as much into it as they possibly could. And that's the writer. This is their story. They did not write a good story. Yeah. I think everybody did the best they could with this movie. With what they were given. And what they were allowed to do. But man, it just, it's a hard watch. It really is. And if you're a big fan of this movie, I'm sorry. I don't mean to bash your, like, one of your favorite movies, but that's the whole point of this podcast is to discuss whether or not we think something holds up. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't hold up. No. And like it... I don't know what your percentage is here of how much it holds up, but mine is vast. The gap between it is vast. It is like an 85, 90% does not hold up to like a 10 to 15% does hold up. It is that off. Yeah, probably around 80, 20. Yeah, it's just, there's nothing good about it. I would actually love to see this movie remade. It will never get remade. Yeah. But I would love to see this movie remade with a better writer and a more subtle portrayal of Buddy the Elf. And I think they, I think the premise and the foundation of this movie is the 15% that I absolutely love. That's exactly the point that I was just about to say is we love the premise. It's a love great it. premise. Love it, it could make a really cute holiday movie. Again, if, if you hands. came to me and said, hey, you want to go see this movie about a human who was raised as an elf who is then put back into the real world at 30 years old and his struggle to fit in and find his place. Yeah, I'm in. Mm-hmm. 100%. But the minute you say, it's a really stupid comedy and Will Ferrell overacts the whole time and it's really creepy and it doesn't tend to make any sense. Yeah, I'm out. I'm checking out. I'm yep. done. Yeah. But the premise will hook me every single time. So that's where we land, guys. Uh, it's unanimous. This movie doesn't hold up. No. Can Does that mean you can't watch it and you can't get some enjoyment out of it? No. Watch it. Enjoy it. But understand that in today's society, that movie doesn't get made the no. way that it's made. Not at all. And, it, and if it is, it's not a hit. It comes out on Netflix and then people forget about it in a week. Yeah. That's it. Just doesn't hold up. Yeah, they would have to change quite a bit about it for it to be made today. Exactly. All right. Well, where can you find us? You can find us on Twitter at DoesItHoldUp13. You can find us on Instagram at DoesItHoldUp13. You can find us over on TikTok at does it hold up underscore between each word. You can also find we have a Facebook page, Does It Hold Up? We also have a YouTube channel, Does It Hold Up? Look for the profile picture. 
that it's the same profile picture for all of our sources so that way it's easy to find us come follow us come subscribe come follow come do all that good stuff we put out movie reviews on youtube you know for new movies that we're watching and you know we just put one out for glass onion this week and uh, disney strange world we're gonna go check out the fableman soon hopefully if we haven't already seen it before this podcast comes out, hopefully we're seeing it this weekend so we can get a review out for that one as well. Yep. So come subscribe to us on YouTube. We also put out daily fun facts about movies, things maybe you didn't notice in a movie, maybe things you didn't know about the behind the scenes of a movie, just little, you know, 25 second shorts. They're always a good time. Have a lot of good conversation about those, but come follow us on all of those platforms. And uh, if you like our podcast, um, you can find us on Linktree. There's a link in the description here. Click on that. We would love some support from you guys as well by clicking on that and checking out everything there. What else? Am I missing anything? No, you pretty much covered it. Excellent. All right. Until next time, guys, keep watching movies. Bye.